What's going on, everybody? It's Martin Kelly here for another great episode of the Martin and Jago Sports Podcast here on Podbean. We're going to be trying to experiment a little bit more. We're going to try to get this out to a lot more ways. We've seen that we got about almost 10 downloads on all of our episodes. Let's go. People are downloading us. People are listening to us. But we got to get out to more, man. We got to get 30, 40 people to listen to us. Absolutely, man. We're going to connect out to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, we're going to get on that. We're going to get it so you guys can listen to us every Thursday. Every Thursday, man. We're going to find a way to get it out there. Jacob, another week in the books. We're going to first start with the NFL. Then we're going to jump into NBA. We're going to jump We're going to jump into college football as well. And then we're going to have the rant. Today is my doing, turn. What are you doing for the rant? I'm going to tell you a little bit later, but I'll give you a little clue. It's got to do with my hockey team. Okay. I got okay. it. It's got to do with hockey, man. I got to unleash the so you're beast. Gonna, you're going to bless me with some good knowledge today. I'm going to blast you with some good knowledge about something that I really got a bone to pick with, and I'm not going to hold back, man. I'm not going to okay, hold back sweet. at all. Sweet. I'm excited. All right. Let's jump into the NFL here. Last week, week nine of the NFL season got underway. The San Francisco 49ers beat the Arizona Coyotes 28-25. The Houston Astros beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 26-3. The Washington Redskins lost to the Buffalo Bills 28-4-9. The Minnesota Vikings lost to the Kansas City Chiefs on a last-second field goal 26-23. The New York Giants, excuse me, New York Jets lost to the winless Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins finally get their first win of the season. Mm-hmm. They won that one 26-18. My Chicago Bears lost yet again to the Philadelphia Eagles 22-14. Pittsburgh Steelers, man, beat the Indianapolis Colts. Adam Vinatieri meets the field goal at the end, costs them the win. They lose 26-24. Your Cardin- your Panthers, excuse me. Yep. Carolina Panthers got on top of the Tennessee uh, Titans, 30-20. to The Oakland Raiders beat the Detroit Lions in Oakland, 31-24. to The Seattle Seahawks won in overtime over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 40-34. to Denver beat Cleveland, 24-19. Denver's only got three wins on the air. Cleveland's got some problems. And then Los Angeles beat Green Bay, 26-11. to I'll shout out to that one. New England lost their first game of the season to Baltimore, 30-27. to Excuse me, 37 to 20. And then Dallas beat New York 37 to 18. That's your scores from week nine in the NFL. Jacob, we're going to start with you first, man. I always like hearing your stuff first before I go because I just think you're a little bit more precise on what you know. I know you're not a great NFL guy, but you know what you're talking about. Okay, with these. With last week's picks, well, just not not just last week's picks. What are your what's what's your total review of guess, of, of the last so week of the NFL? My biggest takeaway from this week has to be that the Patriots lost lost their first game of the season. I mean, Baltimore came out there and Lamar Jackson put the world on notice. Tom Brady did not play his best game, and the main thing about this game was the Patriots' defense just got absolutely torn up. Left, right, center, all down the field. From the first drive of the game, you could tell Lamar Jackson was all over it, and he was not going to stop. Uh, the score, 37-20, to 20, it wasn't even that close. No, it wasn't really. It wasn't it c- as close as the score shows. It was just a complete blowout. And it could have been worse if Baltimore doesn't turn the ball over twice on fumbles. They could have got two touchdowns off of those drives. Now, it was at Baltimore. Yes, it was. Patriots weren't at home, but still, there's... I don't think there's an excuse there if you're Bill Belichick. And uh, they're going to be playing plays from that loss all week long in film session. Any more takeaways? Any more things? I mean... 
Uh, I was surprised Kansas City was able to get that win against really? Minnesota without Patrick Mahomes. They came away. I think Matt Moore, the quarterback, he yes. was pretty good. He played in Carolina for a few years. Let me let me let me take you in some directions here. Then the, this will get you your, your takeaways on this one. Let's talk about your team, Carolina Panthers. A win over the Tennessee Titans. Did you watch that game? I did. What you what you take away from the game? Um. I liked our defense. We stepped up. We played way better than we did last week against uh, the 49ers. They scored 50 on us. I saw this one comment on Instagram. Is it like, um, is it annually for the Panthers to let someone score 50 on them? Like every year? Last year with uh, Pittsburgh. And so... Did you watch the Dallas-New York game? I mean, Dallas and New York had the black cat running around uh, at MetLife Stadium. That was really funny. Um, Stephen A. says... Bad news to come for the Cowboys. I believe him, and but to touch on the Panthers again, I'm I'm really glad with how they played. And McCaffrey had another great showing. I think MVP CMC needs to start taking more hype. My 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 immediate takeaway just from the scores this week, and I think is because I think this week was a lot better. Besides the Jacksonville game, besides the Buffalo game, besides. The Dallas game and the Baltimore game, every other game was pretty close. There was not a whole lot of bad football games. We saw bad teams go up against really good football teams, and they were able to stay with those with those good football teams. We saw Tampa Bay take Seattle into overtime. Seattle had to come back in that game to even force overtime. I mean, Kansas City, Minnesota went down to a field goal. Miami jumped on the Jets and won that one. The Chicago Bears and Philadelphia Eagles weren't that far uh, far from each other as well. If we would have had a couple of better drives in the first half, we would have been close. The, the Pittsburgh and Indianapolis game, I watched that. I was, I was flipping back and forth between the Bears and the Eagles. That was the best game I watched all weekend long. Talk about playing up to your competition. It's just it's sometimes teams play down to their competition, and the, and the teams that are playing down to their competition step up and they play really well. Here's another takeaway, and I'm going to touch on these two real quick, and I think they're important to touch on. I think the MVP conversation is down to three guys. Who are these three guys? Three guys. I think it's Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, and Aaron Rodgers. Now, I'm not disrespecting okay. Christian McCaffrey. Okay. I'm not disrespecting him. I think he's a great running back. But it's hard for running backs to win MVPs in the NFL when the quarterbacks are the number one superstar. They produce the most points. They're they're making the offense Absolutely. go. Plus, they, um, the players you just named, uh, they all have better teams than the Panthers do. And Kyle Allen, no disrespect, he's a great quarterback. We'll touch on this real quick. Cam Newton's going back on the IR for the rest of the season. He oh, is yeah. done with a foot I, injury. I was ready to talk about this. You're ready to talk about this? Yeah, talk about talk. it right here. I'm watching pretty much the only quarterback I've seen of my favorite team since 2011. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton was drafted then. And I'm seeing him on the verge of him being moved teams. Mm-hmm. First time in nearly a decade, quarterback for the team for nine years. And Cam is now on IR. Now, he started the season 0-2 yes. as as the quarterback. Didn't play too good. It was pretty obvious he was hurt. <coughs> now, on social media, have you seen the social media posts? I have not. So, Cam Newton, basically, if you read his description on his Instagram post, he meant he made to the Panthers. It's kind of sounds like a goodbye. It honestly sounds like a goodbye. Like he's accepted the fact like they're moving on from him. He's like, I got your guys back. I'll always support you. Stuff like that. Basically sounding like this is the end. And to me, that scares me because 
I think it would be very stupid of the Panthers to get rid of Cam Newton. Really? Um, really? What do you mean, really? I'm, I, listen, I'm, I'm you so think pro- they sh- you, th- you think they should get rid of Cam? I'm here to say yes. And okay. I'm here to, I'm I know a- that you're a Bears fan, and no. I think that Cam would be the perfect fit. Well, I don't want him in Chicago. We had this conversation because I think— you don't want him I don't Chicago. want him in Chicago. Why would you not want him in Chicago? I want Teddy. Teddy is Teddy playing— Br- Okay. Teddy's playing better, but here's my thing. And I don't mean to cut you off. I think Cam Newton is done. I think he's as done. A, as a, what do you mean by done? What is? I your, think he's done as a starting quarterback. I think the NFL. I think he is. Look, Dude, look, look you got to look at the past two seasons. All right, they were six and let's two. Look at them. They were six and two when it went up against Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and after that, everything fell apart because he got hurt. He was hurt with a shoulder injury. Now he starts this season again. He had two shoulder injuries in the last two seasons, and he's basically broken his foot. Right, mm-hmm. and he's on IR for that. We've seen in the last five seasons, right, including his MVP season, that is that his passing rating, his passing numbers, his completion percentage, and his total QBR have gone down every season. His little by little by little by. Percentage was the highest of his career last year under Norv Turner. But still, I'm just saying. I think he's damaged goods, dude. I think he's done. I don't. I don't think he is, and here's why: because in 2015, Cam Newton got to the Super Bowl, and his best receiver was Ted Ginn Jr. That's not a lot. Think about I'll, that. I'll his, give you that. His best I'll give receiver you that. was Ted Ginn Jr. and he got to the Super Bowl. Now well, he did have a great defense, but regardless, he did not have weapons. Now in 2019, this is the first year where. The Panthers have an elite weapon. Christian McCaffrey is running all over defenses. He's on pace, I saw for this morning, around 1,700 rushing yards and 700 receiving yards and around 27 total touchdowns between passing and running the ball. That's not bad for 2,400 yards total. I I think with a healthy Cam Newton... And a health and healthy Christian McCaffrey, that is at least ten wins right there. But let me ask you this: What's up? Should Cam be the same quarterback he was in his MVP season? We saw him run. We should saw he, him pass. Should he run the ball? We saw the play action. Does he does he transition like Michael Vick? Michael Vick went from play action to the standard quarterback standing in the pocket. I think there's times in games where where. Um, you need to put that worry aside and you just need to run the ball with Cam. Like, uh, it was in one of the first two weeks of this year. Uh, I think it was against Tampa Bay and they ended up losing this game and they had a chance to win it. They were right on the goal line, right at the very end of the game. And in years prior, Cam Newton was the best short yardage running back. That's right, running back in all of football because he would just get it out of shotgun and sprint towards the line and dive over the line. You can't tell me that they couldn't have done that with Cam Newton, but they just didn't want to do it because of his injury risk. And I feel like if he's healthy, run him, run him the ball on that fourth and one, but mainly it's the it's the scrambling and the running out, the rollouts, and, and going for the first down. That's what's going to get him hurt. I don't think it's going to be these fourth and shorts. Um, okay, well, let me, let me transition to this. Because Cam has been hurt the last two seasons, we've had a shoulder injury, and we've had a broken foot injury. 
Okay. Is that falling on Cam or is that falling on the franchise? Because I'm pointing towards the franchise. I'm pointing towards Ron Rivera and the new ownership to say, we got to force Cam to be out there. We don't believe we're good enough without him. I don't, I don't think I'm going to put that on the franchise, and here's why. Because when they first started talking about limiting Cam's runs, you know what Cam Newton said? He said, don't take the cape off of Superman. Mm. Cam wants to run that ball. I believe it. And so you can blame the organization, but but I think the organization was just you w- was getting the most out of Cam Newton's talent. They knew he could run the ball, and Cam knows he can run the ball too. So they're saying, "Hey, don't take away this skill from me." He wants to do it, so I'm going to put it on Cam because Cam wants to. Cam wants that responsibility, but it seems like the team has kind of taken over and said had had the final say. All right, here and we we were touching on this before, and you went into your Cam Newton rant, and I like it. Yeah, I continue, like it. Let's continue. But my MVP conversation, I I told you, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, and Aaron Rodgers. Here's why. Have you seen their numbers? I'm just pointing this off of just the numbers, and I'm pointing this off of the record. And now no, there's, but I know they're insane. They're, they're, I, I'm taking it just off the numbers right here. Russell Wilson's 2,505 yards with 22 touchdowns, an interception, and almost 70% completion percentage. What was his touchdown interception ratio? 22 to 1. He's got 22, 22 to 1. He's got 22 touchdowns and an interception on the season. I had to make sure you said that again, so I heard that right. 22 touchdowns, one interception. And the one interception was, a game, was in the game Lamar Jackson. And if he doesn't throw it to Marcus Peters, he's walking into this game with 23 touchdowns and zero it interceptions. Was, was it that one pick six? Yes, it was a pick okay. six. And his record right now is 7 and 2. Now, of course, he had 370 yards against. Against Tampa Bay, they had to come back in that game. They had to fight back. All right, Chris Carson had 105 yards on the ground. Russell Wilson is my front runner right now. He's a front runner. Behind them is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's got 12 touchdowns, five interceptions, but he's got almost got 2,000 yards on a passing ground. All right, he's got 18. He's got 1,813 yards, and he's completing 64 percent of his passes. What's he got on the ground? You know what he's got on the ground? I do not know on the top of my head. I wish I would have looked up that number, but. I just looked up there. Probably finish like around. He'll probably get as close as he can. Eight hundred yards. Probably as close as he'll probably get as close as he can to a thousand yards. And his team right now is six and two, and beat right now the probably the best team in football, which was the Patriots, and he embarrassed them on on national television. It wasn't even funny. So I'm curious to see what what are like the top five teams in football for you right now. Like if you had to, if you had to make a power ranking of the top five teams, I'll tell you, I'll, 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 I got that list right in my head. I've had that list for a while. Right now, number one is San Fran. All right, San Fran for San, sure. San Fran. Number two, I will put New England. All right, number three, I would have to go with. This one hurts me, but I would have to go with New Orleans. New Orleans is number three for me. Mm-hmm. Number four would have to be Baltimore, and oh. number five. Five's really a toss-up because I I I would agree those first four you have would be my first four in that same order. Five right now, just because of what they're doing, and this is a tie. I'll, I'll make it a tie right here, right okay. now. It's Kansas City and Houston. They're tied with me right now. Kansas City is two and one without Patrick Mahomes. Houston, after that loss to Indianapolis, they've gone to go three and zero. Oh. In their last three games, and I uh, and have 
beaten teams with a tremendous amount of passing and rushing in those games as well. That's my okay. top five right there. I would say your same first four, but I'll throw in Kansas City at five because they're playing well without Mahomes, which means it's not just Mahomes. Their team's pretty good. I would have had the Packers at that spot, but they just had an embarrassing loss. And you know what? That's who was in my third spot when it comes to the MVP conversation. Oh, 12 sweet. touchdowns, two interceptions. I hate Aaron Rodgers. I'll say it right here. I do not care. I'm a Chicago Bears fan. I'm wearing my Walter Payton jersey as I speak. I'm wearing my Chicago White Sox hat. I dust all my Chicago gear this morning, man. I was like, <laughs> screw it. But he's 7-2, 12 touchdowns, two interceptions, almost 2,500 yards through the air with a 65% completion percentage. Listen, I watched the game with Green Bay versus Los Angeles, and I'm honestly... That four-man rush by Los Angeles, if they can just get their offense together, they would be the best team in the AFC West right now. They would be leading the division because Patrick Mahomes is out. But since they're so inconsistent, they prove that they are a good football team. That defense came out to play. But they they have too many inconsistencies, and this is why they're sitting at 3-5. and The Chargers are the underperformers of the year. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. I would When the dust settles... It's going to be sad to say this, but the blame will all be on Philip Rivers. And, 100%. And, it'll, all, it'll all be on him. And here's the sad part. The two best coaches were up for coach of the year last year. Matt Nagy in Chicago. Anthony Lynn in Los Angeles. Where are their team records right now? Three and five. They're both. That goes to show right there how the NFL is a roller coaster. One year you're on top of the world, and you're like, I'm, I'm staying here. I want consistency. And man. it's not there. All right. My last takeaway is this. And I and I have to say it this way. I, I'm not going sh- to sugarcoat it. You, you touched on it, but I'm going to dive in a little bit more. The New England Patriots are frauds. They're what? frauds. What do you mean by fraud? Like they're, they're not that good? They're not that good. They got exposed on Monday night. I'm not on Sunday night football. Listen, we talked about them along. We talked about them on our first show. We talked about they were undefeated at that point. We talked about how they beat up on some bad football teams, mm-hmm. and they're starting to walk into their t- kind of tough schedule right now. We saw that they had Baltimore. We saw they had Philly. We saw they have Dallas. They have Kansas City. The back end of their schedule is soft. They will win all those games, but the medium part of their schedule, which is coming up These right next now, couple weeks, yep. Did you did, did you watch that game Sunday night? I did. I looked at the numbers, dude. The number the number two thing that stood out to me in this game were the first down numbers and the rushing numbers. First down numbers for the New England Patriots. They had seventeen in the pass and four in the rush. Baltimore had eleven on the ground and eleven through the pass. They were balanced through the whole game, dude. Passing wise. Baltimore had 162 through the air and 210 on the ground. New England had 268 through the air and only 74 on the ground. New England is forcing their hands onto Tom Brady to save their butts and have that defense play their lights out. Now, that defense is really good, but we have to see how they're going to play against really good football teams, and they got exposed last night, dude. To me, it was about the momentum of the game. It felt like New England winning with this game plan. Like they always have. All right, we're going to take away what you do best. What the Ravens do best is run the ball. But like you said, 210 rushing yards, right? They didn't take that away. And you can tell with the momentum of the game. Like just 
just the atmosphere of your feeling and the crowd noise and how the commentators are saying, you could tell they were genuinely surprised with how this game was going. I didn't expect the Patriots defense just to have no answer all day long. And it kind of felt to me like Bill Belichick was trying some things out, kind of maybe experimenting with Lamar Jackson or perhaps not showing him his best defensive looks that he could give him because the Ravens right now look like perhaps the most um I would say the, the most, most candidate to see them in the AFC championship game. So maybe Belichick was saving some stuff for Lamar. And you know what? The number the one thing that I always put emphasis into when it's at the end of the game and I look at all the stats, the one stat that stands out to me that's important no matter what. And sometimes with the Kansas City Chiefs, it does not because they can score real quick. But still, it matters in the long run because it matters how well you run the game. The time of possession was almost 14 minutes between each other. Almost a quarter length. The New England Patriots had the ball for 23 minutes. The Kansas City Chiefs had the ball for 37 minutes. In a 60-minute football game, you got almost quartered out in time of possession. Seven penalties for 48 yards for New England. They're not one of the leading teams in penalties. They're one of the, they, they know how to play good football. Bill Belichick hates penalties, and he hates bad penalties. He hates those bad penalties, and they gave him so many that it cost him the win. To me, New England is a fraud. I don't think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I think they're done after this season. I really think in my heart to heart right now, the Houston, the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens. You know what you sound like saying the Patriots are done after this season? I know I sound like Stephen you A. Sound, you sound like who? Max? Like, Max Kellerman? You sound like any sports broadcaster last year, the year before that, the no, year before that. The year before that and the year before that, that, I knew they were the best football team because I watched them play. Yeah, the- but I'm saying everyone has been saying they're, the Patriots have, are going to be done now for the last five years. And, 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 th- and this year, there's some proof to that. There's some proof. Their first eight games, they played bad football teams. There's some proof that, 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 there's they're, some that they're proof after this year by their there, first eight games. When because they eight, who, no. who, listen, on their schedule, who do they beat? They beat the Giants. They beat the Redskins. They beat the Dolphins. They beat the Jets twice. They beat a bad Pittsburgh team that walked in with a broken Ben Roethlisberger. They didn't just beat these teams, though. They smeared them. They, they like the Jets, 33 nothing. And they beat the Browns. A Browns team we thought were going to go to the playoffs. They're struggling. They beat on some mediocre or bad football teams. And they finally met a team that can throw a punch, and they got knocked out. Well said, Martin. Well said. Let's get into these picks. All right. Last, last week's picks, man. I'll, I'll share mine. So far this week, let's go. Let's keep up with the stats numbers this week. I did the math. Uh-huh. I'm walking in with an eight and four record. You're eight and four, and I am five and seven. Five and seven. Okay. So you got. I gotta have a one and three week, and, and you gotta get he, three and one. And the record is about to get a lot worse. Uh oh. For you or for me? So wait, when you when you calculated these, was it based off of these we just did, or yes. are you gonna no, add no, no. these ones? I'm I about keep to say. I keep adding them every week. So last week, the week before that, I was five and three. Okay, so you're about to add these. Yes. All right. So my record is gonna be. Six and no, 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 no. So the week before get, that, it's gonna get worse. So the week before that, we were five and three and four and four. Then I calculated this past week's scores. All right, I went three and one. You went, you went one and three. 
Okay, so I'm okay. Eight so you four. already know. Right. I'm eight and four. You're five and seven. That's where we're at right now overall. Okay. All right. So I'll I'll share uh, your the results you had from my side. So I picked the Vikings to beat the Chiefs. Yep. I picked the Eagles to beat Chicago. Yes. Picked the Packers to beat the Chargers, and yep. I picked the Patriots to beat the Ravens. Yep. So first game, the Chiefs barely edged out the Vikings. Now I thought the Vikings could get this dub, but Kirk Cousins, uh, he did not. Cousins, Cuz did not come through, man. I don't know what happened, Cuz. Eagles, I. Like I predicted, they got the dub. That was the only one I got. Um, sorry about your bears. Yeah, it's all right. The Packers, that was the biggest surprise for me. I picked them because I thought that was for sure going to be I, a win. I even, I even talked about it last week. I really thought they were going to lose this, that game, too. Could that be a season turnaround for the Chargers, though? Maybe. Maybe. I think they'll beat uh, the Raiders coming up. Mm-hmm. And then the Patriots yeah. versus the Ravens. We Another both Another shocker. You picked that one, too? I picked that one, too. We both picked that one. Um, I don't think there's really anything to say there. We we, we already know that. We, we were both was wrong. There. We don't really have anything to we were add. Both, we were both wrong. I picked so I picked the Steelers to beat the Colts. Yep. Steelers came out with a shocker. Mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett went, went out with an MCL sprain. I was so happy with that. I was like, yes, I got a chance. So how long is he out for? Uh, he might be out for about a couple weeks. I got Brian Horror as the backup. MCL springs are really testy to test, man. Have fun with that, James. <sighs> Let's not talk about him. Um, I picked the Patriots. I lost there. I picked Dallas to beat New York. I thought that was going to be a good, easy win. Um, okay. And then who else did I pick? Oh, and I picked Seattle to beat Tampa, and I thought that was going to be a blowout, and I became a little bit closer, and I was on the edge of my seat. I'm like, no, mm. I can't lose. And yet I <laughs> ended up losing. All right. Week 10 is ahead of us. Pick four. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Spin the wheel and see what you land on. Baltimore. Ooh. They're beating Cincinnati for okay. sure. Kansas City, they're beating Tennessee for Ooh. sure. Hold on, hold on. Kansas City, okay. Dallas beats the Vikings. Ooh, ooh, I like that one. I like that. And the last one, every week, I'm picking a Carolina game. <gasps> of course. Ooh, over and Green I, Bay. And I expect every week that you pick a Chicago matchup. Okay, so we so got, I got my Panthers. So wait, 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 wait. We're coming up with a new rule here. So we got to we got to automatically pick our own team. Yes. Okay, I'll Once stick with it. Once a week, you got to pick. Yeah, every week you got to pick your team. Okay, I'll or, stick with or that. Or the team your team's playing. Okay, I'll stick with that because I already picked. I already had. I already had going in the mindset I was going to do that anyway. I'm okay. going to pick the Bears over the Lions. Mm-hmm. I agree with one game that you picked. I agree with Baltimore being Cincinnati. I think that's a good. That's a good game for both of us. I'm picking New Orleans over Atlanta. Smart. Yeah, for sure. And I'm picking the Battle of New York. I'm picking the Jets over the Giants. Whoa. I'm picking the Jets over the Giants. How how bad do you think the Giants are? I think they're pretty bad. <laughs> I think they're pretty bad. 
I think the Jets are going to beat the Giants. The Battle of New York City, and it was on Bleacher Report this morning. They had a con- they had a question about the Battle of New York quarterbacks, uh-huh. and all the Buffalo Bills fans were like, "Wait a minute, you're forgetting about a New York team." And I was like, "Wait a minute, slow down, everybody. It's just New York Giants versus New York Jets this weekend. When the Jets, when the Giants have to play the Bills, we're going to have a lot of fun with that as well." So they, so Bills fans, were they trying to argue that Josh Allen was better than Sam Darnold? Yes. I don't think I would go there yet. Not yet. Not yet. We're not going to go there yet. But right now, the standings are, I'm in four on the season. You're five and seven. Sweet. So we got a long way to go. So that's a, so that's a good wrap up for NFL. We took, we took quite a bit of time on that one. Yes, so we did. A little but, bit faster. But these other ones. Well, uh, well, let's dive into the NBA. I want to stick with the NBA. If we got to speed mm. through college football in my rant, we'll speed through it. But I know Sweet. the NBA is your is your heaven, is your slice of heaven. And it I, I, It's my slice of pie. Recap of the NBA. The NBA had a good week last week. The Lakers... Are still win are still winning some games. The Clippers are two. <laughs> the Clippers are winning some games. The Spurs are winning some games. New Orleans got their got a couple of their wins as well. The Knicks are still falling apart. They're at the bottom of the tank. The Chicago Bulls got a couple wins in. We had a good game with the Bulls and the Lakers the other night with when they were in Chicago. And we also that had a good re- game. we also had a small report. Anthony Davis to the Bulls. I'm keeping my fingers crossed all summer long, and man. You can keep them crossed for the next you can keep them you can keep them crossed probably in for the, five years. Probably in for the next five years. When Anthony Davis is a free agent next because he will sign with the Lakers for sure. All there's right. no way there's no way you're gonna you're gonna do what he did to get out of a small market team like that to go play for a championship contender just to play for a team that's not a, a con- not going to contend for a championship. But it's not later. about contending for a championship. It it's about playing about for your own team and playing for a bigger market in a better city. So Chicago is bigger than L.A.? I'm saying it's bigger no, than L.A. I don't no. care what the numbers say, and it's a better city. Anyway. It's a lot colder. Let's get into these two questions. We got two questions, and then we're going to look at the NBA schedule coming up. And I'm going to start with you, Jacob. I'm going to toss this over to you because you are the LeBron James fan. You got it on your phone. You got a LeBron James shirt. You probably have Lakers stuff all over your room. I do not. Liar. But I, nonetheless, I, I should get that though. Good idea. Nonetheless, looking at the standings right now, just looking at them overall, are the Lakers the best team in the NBA? Lakers are absolutely the best team in the NBA. Absolutely, I want to hear this, and I'm gonna, and I'm just gonna cancel out the other teams before I get into the Lakers. So, Houston, when are they gonna figure out? When are they gonna figure it out with uh, Russell Westbrook and James Hart? Never. I'm seeing the same thing I saw last year with Chris Paul, and James. James is gonna take his 30 shots a game. He's gonna get his 15 free throws a game, and. When playoffs roll around, teams are going to adjust, and Houston's not going to be able to figure it out. That's just the reality of the situation with them. They're sitting at 5-3, and three and they won two games in a row, but I agree with you on every word of that. So, the Clippers. Ooh. I think that kind of with Kawhi's constant load management all year, now, the, now they won't be playing Kawhi in any of the back-to-back games. One of the two back-to-back games, he will sit out all year long. That's what the Clippers said. They'll do it just like Toronto did. I think that's going to play a little bit of a role with chemistry 
Really? Now they might practice just about every day together. But I think if you're out there on the court and you and you're running through some of your plays, doesn't it make it a lot different if you don't have your best player out there? Like you're literally running the offense through Kawhi, and then all of a sudden, some games you just don't have him. It's like, how are you going to adjust to that? That that doesn't matter, and we're going to touch on that. That's the second question. We're going yeah, to touch on load management. We're going to so, touch on that. And I think with PG coming back, there's going to be a little bit of chemistry issues with the Clippers, but regardless, the Clippers are the biggest threat to the Lakers. Then with the Nuggets. Ooh, really? The Nuggets are too youthful and inexperienced. Okay, okay, okay. I don't think the Nuggets are as good as the Lakers. Okay. The Jazz. Conley's not playing good enough. That's pretty much the only reason why with the Jazz. The Warriors, everyone is gone, injured, injured. The dynasty's over. I'm so glad. They're sitting at 2-6. and six. They're 13th in the standings right now when then, it comes to Western Conference. Why? So why is it that the Lakers are the best team in the league? Why? Why is it all of a sudden now that the Lakers are good after missing the playoffs for six years? Oh, six? that's right. They have that man, LeBron James. Ooh. My MVP pick. Looking pretty good so far. His last three games, virtuosos, man. Virtuosos. Three straight. Shannon Sharps calls them. Three straight 30-point triple dubs. Miss triple dub. We all over it. Actually, all of them weren't 30 points, but... No, I get what you're saying. Three straight triple doubles. We're looking good, man. It's the first time in done in Lakers history since 1987 with your man, Magic, Magic Johnson. Man, but yeah. You know, you know who he is. You know who he is. The true point guard of the Lakers. True. All right. So is it my turn? It is. It is your turn. Talk about the Lakers. Yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear your desperation shot at why they aren't the best team in the league. They are not the best team in the league. <laughs> yeah. Okay. As I pound the desk here, like Skip does on on pound the desk and point the finger at me. Yeah. Point at me, Skip. I will. No, they are not the best team because here's my issue. And here's mm-hmm. been my issue for a while when it comes to LeBron James. And it hasn't been shown until now is that LeBron James builds his teams around talent more than just chemistry. He finds a way to get the chemistry to work in. I'll give you that. He did it with Miami with Chris Bosh and D Wade. He did it in Cleveland with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. But... LeBron James is such a team. LeBron James builds his team around so much base talent than just chemistry. All right. I think our chemistry is looking so good. We're about ready to have the science lab room explode, man. But here's my thing. We're about to create a new element on that periodic table. Our chemistry is looking so good. I think they're the second best team in the league. I think the number one team is their brothers. All right. I know he's on load management. The little brother. The little brother is starting to step up. All All right. I think they're the best team because of the fact that what Kawhi did last season in Toronto, I think can work again in Los Angeles because it's going to help him stay healthy for the playoffs. All right, okay. uh, we're going again. We're going to touch on this in just a minute. But here's the one thing I like what I'm seeing out of LeBron James, and I mentioned it on the first episode. And guess what? This is as we're continuing. This is the Martin Jacob podcast on Podbean. This is the fourth episode we're doing this since. We've done it for a month now. Yep. We're having some fun with this, but I mentioned it on the first episode. What did I tell you? I said LeBron James got to be a little bit more of the facilitator than actually the dominant scorer. That's exactly what he's and he's He's 11 assists. Dude, did you know his career average is 7, seven. assists? 
Seven assists, he's bumped it up to four more assists. All right, he's got AD more involved. I looked up the numbers. AD's career average in points was 21. He's walking in with 26 points right now. LeBron James has got 26 points, and they added one more player to their to their roster that I think he was going to help him out a long time. We talked about him. It's Kuzma, who's already got nine points through three games. Kuzma, to me, needs to be their role player off the bench. Can you imagine? Just, just imagine this. Cook, Kuzma, Dwight Howard as the second rotation. LeBron James and AD are the first team. Kuzma runs the second team with Cook and Dwight Howard. I like it. I can't argue that. I can't argue that talent. But here's my argument to say that they're the second best team. So I think team-wise, I think the system-wise, it's going to work out better for the Clippers. Okay. I think they have a total system around Le- around Kawhi Leonard and Paul George that's going to fit them better. That They realize they have two superstars that are kind of banged up. They're going to manage them to save their bodies for the playoffs, and they're going to let them loose. To me, LeBron James has done always the same thing that I've seen LeBron James do all the time, which is in the regular season, he'll give you 50%, and as soon as the playoffs hit, he'll hit the gas pedal and won't step off the gas pedal until he gets to the finals. You can't argue with that. That's one argument that, that has been made time and time again. LeBron James, I don't know how he does it. 50% of him is just getting 25 points and, like, eight assists and, like, getting, you know, Seven rebounds. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. I think the NBA is all about star power. I think it's driven off star power. And in the playoffs, the Lakers are going to have two of the, I would say that I would say at this point, two of the three best players in the league on the same team. I don't disagree Kawhi with would that. be that other third best player. And I just think the power of AD and LeBron will outweigh the entire Clippers roster. I think LeBron is... He'll take over in the playoffs again. He'll show us the same exact thing. Um, I, th- I just think it's like why, like, you could go off of, oh, yeah, this player might decline because he's getting older. Or we could just go off of everything he's been doing for every postseason for the past eight years. All right, Jacob, we're going to jump into the second one. We had, to make, we had to make good argument, but I still think it's the Clippers. You still think it's the Lakers. We're going to have this divisive feeling all the way into the finals. Oh, yeah. Let's jump into this one, and it's just, this is a controversy that's running wild with specifically Kawhi Leonard, but I added LeBron James into this conversation as well because LeBron James has done this before, but has not been called load management. Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James and Greg Popovich are the leaders of load management, which we also call just plain rest. I don't think LeBron is... LeBron has not done it in a while. I don't think LeBron's really sat out games since Miami, but let's definitely talk about that Kawhi situation yes because he sat out yet again in a back-to-back in a marquee matchup between Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kawhi (laughs) Antetokounmpo and Kawhi Leonard could have matched up last night on ESPN I think that's how you say his last name Antetokounmpo Antetokounmpo okay there you go but still nonetheless he sat out yet another Mm back-to-back is this hurting the game because he sat out. It is because he sat out against Utah as well. And I'll point this out and I'll throw it to you. But LeBron has done it before as well. He's rested. He's rested on a road games. He's done it in Minnesota. He did it in in Detroit. He did it in uh, Memphis. He's done it to me. He's done it in Utah games as well. In 2013, or or Christmas of 2012, something like that. I went and saw a Miami game. It was following. It was a few games after their 27-game win streak. 
Wow. And the, the 2013 team had. And D Wade and LeBron sat out. So I know what it's like firsthand to expect to see your favorite players and then not see them. So, so is this hurting the game? Because it is absolutely hurting the game. I have fir- I'm a first person experience fan who's been through this and it completely sucks. It ruined it ruined the day. I didn't let it ruin the entire experience because I see, still got to see that game. Amazing. Loved it. Um, but I think the main difference here with Kawhi is that the league thinks that it's an injury. You remember Kawhi's quad injury? This is still an ongoing thing somehow. Two I'm years not, running. I'm not really sure how you can have a bruised quad and have it still injure you. Either There's, there's two options that are either going on. One is that Kawhi and his team have kind of realized this little loophole. If they can keep Kawhi healthy, and they know the regular season doesn't really matter. I mean, the regular season is kind of irrelevant that if he's ready for the finals, if he's ready for playoffs, they're going to be good, and they're just trying to rest him. That's option A. Or B is he actually has some sort of medical condition with his leg to where every couple... Maybe every couple days, every couple games, this thing kind of comes back. Maybe it's a workload issue, too much too much running on his quad. It gets it sore. I know my shoulders will start hurting if I play basketball for too long. So I know that maybe it's something like that, but I think it is probably the first option. I think they're probably just trying to save him. sit out, save him, avoid games. Yep. I have to say I agree and disagree. Now we we know what Kawhi Leonard did last last season in Toronto. Sixty games he played, right? Yep. Toronto went. I believe they played. They played twenty two games without him. I believe they went seventeen and five without yep. him. Mm-hmm. And they had a pretty good team that can keep up with that. All right, we've seen in this far. We've seen in this season so far. He sat out. He sat out two back to back games, and they're zero and two in those two back to back games. Right when he's in the game, he's playing better. I have to I have to agree on this, man. I think it's bad for the league because it's, you're right on it. The league is driven on a superstar level, all right? But I also believe is if the Clippers have found a loophole to say we're going to save Kawhi, we're going to save Paul George, they're probably going to do the same thing with Paul George, I think, too. I think you're probably right. Yeah. They're, they're going to do back-to-backs with both of these guys, and they're going to sit them out for one night, whether it's on the road, whether it's on, whether it's on their own home court whether it is on their own home court. And I think last night they were on their own home court and they sat them out for a back-to-back game as well. It, it, it does hurt because we hear all these stories about Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, all these guys playing almost 82 games in a season, mm-hmm. playing every game. But I told you this as, as I started saying, who's the creator of this type of load management or resting? Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich. He found the loophole a long time ago, and guess what? It won him five championships. It got him trophies. He sat out Tony Parker. He sat out Ginobili. He sat out Duncan. He sat out Boris Diaw. He sat out Kawhi Leonard, Denny Green. He sat out every best player he got to save him for the playoffs because he knew the playoffs is a lot harder than the regular season. And he knew that there are some games that they can sit out and their bench would take over. Greg Popovich is at the leader of this and he's on him as well. Now, here's another thing I learned, and I learned this from the jump. Shout out to the jump on ESPN. I Shout love- out Rachel Nichols. Yeah. Did you know 
because of their listeners as a injury resting report, if they was just a plain rest, the Clippers would get fined a hundred grand for resting him for national televised games. Wait, so say that again. The Clippers got fined last night. No, they didn't uh, get no. fined. But if it was just plain rest, the league has cracked down on this resting thing. If your players are just plain resting. You get fined a hundred grand for resting players. They're forcing teams to play their best I players. Think, I think that's very fair. But what was the excuse? They said that it was it was an actual it was, in, the, it was, it was an actual injury. injury, right? Yeah. So they said, okay, this exempts them from getting fined a hundred grand. But that's but that's the problem here is that clearly, <coughs> well, first of all, we don't really know what's really wrong with Kawhi. We haven't. Nothing has really been diagnosed. No, right? just besides that, Bruce like, quad. Oh, he has, he has, so and so with his quad, and like, oh, right. okay, that's why. It's just, it's just at random times, random games. We never know when he's going to set out. Looks completely healthy one night, the next night he's just not playing at all. So, it kind of is disappointing to me how the league has kind of just accepted it and said, okay, yeah, Kawhi, you can do this, no problem. It, it to me it hurts the league because you're taking out some of the best players. You're hurting fan bases more. It, it sucks when you're on the road or you go into a home game. You want to watch the best players and they're sitting out for the, for the whole night. Now, don't get me wrong. If I went to a Clippers game and I saw Lou Williams and Montrose Harrell on the court balling, I would fall in love with that. But I want to see Kawhi Leonard out there as well. It, well it, said. Well said. It does hurt. All right, let's look at. We're just gonna get. We got two days in here. For NBA scheduling, we got Thursday games, we got Friday games for the NBA schedule. Uh, Wednesday night games, we got a little bit, a couple of those scores there. Detroit Pistons beat the New York New York Knicks one twenty two to one hundred two. Indiana Pacers beat the Washington Wizards one twenty one to one hundred six. Houston jump on top of Golden State. Golden State Wolves keep going up one twenty nine to one twelve. My Chicago Bulls got on top of Atlanta one thirteen to ninety three. Toronto beat Sacramento one twenty four to one twenty. Memphis beat. Uh, Minnesota 137-121. Dallas beat Orlando 107-106. Utah beat Philly 106-104. And Milwaukee beat the Los Angeles Clippers in a great tight game, 129-124 in those games. Coming, games coming up here, Jacob. We're looking at this. Some mm-hmm. marquee matchups. We got San Antonio versus Oklahoma City. We got Los Angeles Clippers versus Portland on Thursday. Friday, we got Minnesota versus Golden State. We got Utah versus Milwaukee. Denver versus Philadelphia. We got Utah versus Brooklyn. And I think the best game of Friday night, I don't care what anybody's got to say, Phoenix versus Los Angeles is going to be the best game of the weekend. Ooh. Because you know what? Phoenix is 5-2 and two, and Los Angeles is 6-1. and one. Sorry, I'm looking. I'm, I'm laughing at. I'm almost laughing at. The schedule because on Friday night, out of all these great games that you have, you decide to put the national ESPN TV game on Cleveland, Washington, <laughs> on a Cleveland, Washington, not not Milwaukee, Utah, not Here, Philly, but, Denver. But here's here's the thing, and it's the same rule with the NFL. The NBA has to show every team. True, it has to show every team that's part of the ESPN now, contract. You can, de- you can definitely show the Lakers are. They have more televised games than they don't. They have more than 40, 41 televised games. I know that for sure. I know for sure Cleveland does not have 41. And if you want to look on the other side of the schedule, the marquee game for the NBA TV is Sacramento at Portland. 
that's pretty, that's, that's, that's average. That's like average. That's, yeah, that's not. It's not too hot. But, I, but hopefully, that, hopefully that Lakers game is on. I'll watch that for sure. Thursday marquee games are Charlotte at Charlotte, Boston at Charlotte, and Portland at Los Angeles. Jacob, before we move into college football, we're going to move into these real too quick. We might go over a little bit of time, but nonetheless, we're having fun here. This is the Martin and Jacob Sports Podcast on Podbean. It's these two days. We only got these two days. What mm-hmm. games are you looking at for you to say, okay, these are good ones, these are bad ones? I think... Uh, I think some pretty good games to watch. Milwaukee, Utah. That's going to be a good game to watch. Giannis yep. versus Gobert. That's going to be fun to watch. Matchup. Utah. I want to. I want to see this. Rudy Gobert called out his offense. Really? He did. He called out his offense because he knows if you have Bogdan, Bogdanovich. If you have Donovan Mitchell. If you have Mike Conley. Joe should- Angles too. You should be. Putting up more points. You should be putting up at least one twenty. I don't. I don't think one twenty. But you should put. You should put up around one ten a night. I agree with that. One ten a night. Um, Toronto, New Orleans on Friday. That's a pretty Ooh. good game. That was. That was uh, the opener. That was the opener that in was Toronto. The opener. That's another pretty good game. Probably without Zion still. <laughs> um, Miami, Phoenix. That is tonight. Miami has been looking good. I Miami and Phoenix don't give both them. The, both, both of them living. Both great. of them don't don't disrespect wow. my bandwagon Suns. I'm You're jumping right. on the You're bandwagon. Right. I'm forgetting about I'm forgetting about the Phoenix Suns, man. I'm yeah. I would say who do you who do you have in that game? The Miami Phoenix game. I got both Phoenix. Teams, both teams are hot, hot, hot. To 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 got Phoenix. I got Phoenix because I'm trashing on James. James is right now. Dude, I, I I got a heat. I got to take the heat. I love the heat. I I'm taking. Heat. I'm, I'm taking. I'm, I'm taking the Phoenix Suns. I think they're. I think they're hot, man. I think the sun is boiling down in Phoenix. Well, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, Miami brings its white hot jerseys back. Dude, those are. Uh, listen, those old white, like white, just like basic white, and I remember the black stencil design. Those are really cool. My- those are really cool. Watching Miami Braun days were really fun. Not just because of. High flying lobs, but because of super sexy jerseys. All right, let's move into college football here. We're going to move into this real quick. College football, we got about five minutes. Let's do it. Five minutes, we'll do it real quick. Five, ten minutes. Can we make it ten minutes? No. <sighs> five, seven. Seven? All right, we'll make it seven minutes. Seven minutes. All right, real quick. The first, fo- first college football rankings came out. Ohio State is number one. LSU, number two. Alabama, three. Penn State, four. Clemson, five. Six is Georgia, seven. Oregon, Utah, eight. Uh, Oklahoma, nine. Ten is Florida. Eleven is Auburn. Twelve is Baylor. Thirteen is Wisconsin. Fourteen, Michigan. Notre Dame is 15. Kansas State is 16. Minnesota, 17. 18 is Iowa. 19 is Wake Forest. 20 is Cincinnati. 21 is Memphis. 22 is Boise State. 23 is Oklahoma State. 24 is Navy. And 25 is my bandwagon team, SMU. So this is actually, to me, where college football gets a little bit annoying. You don't know why? Because now, I, at before before today, before we started recording this, I was looking up the rankings of these teams. And this is where the rankings get all messed up for college football because mm-hmm. the AP Top 25 is not the list you just no. ranked. The AP the college, t- so the college football playoffs come out with their own rankings separate from the AP poll. Yes. So what happens is when you watch a game, it's ranked through the AP poll. 
Yes, it has somewhat so, of an AP so poll on, emphasis. So on TV, you're going to be watching LSU Alabama one and two uh, Saturday. But in all correct. honesty, that, yeah. there, there will be one and two in the rankings on TV, correct? But the college football playoff rankings are different. That's what I don't like. No, I, don't I think like, I, I don't I, like how it gets switched up like that. I think the AP and the college po- and the college polls are still married. But now, if you look at the top of the paper. Um, the rankings are now just based on college football playoff rankings. Yeah, those are the ones that matter. Those are the ones that matter, and that's how everybody's ranked right now in but the country. Man, I really wanted this one-two matchup. I really wanted this one. I, d- I did too. Two matchup. Listen, the top six is Ohio State, Still LSU, is. Alabama, Penn State, Clemson, Georgia. Did they get it right? I'll I'll read you my top ten. Oh, so they so didn't they, get it right. They did not get it right. Uh oh. So. This is based off of who's the best, who who's looked the best team, and who is actually going to go out and perform. So Alabama is number one for me. Wow, I, I think they'll win on Saturday, and that win will boost them to that number one spot. Okay, LSU is number two, just because okay. they're going to be playing in that same game, and they will lose probably a close game. Ohio State. Next best team in the country for sure. They will take that number two spot from LSU probably after this game. But right now, I have them at the third spot. Clemson is number four. To me, they're better than Penn State. Last year's national championship, they still got players from that team. I know they do. I know it was last year. We can talk about all about last year and how this team is different. But the reality of the situation is that Clemson is still undefeated. And Penn State is just not that type of program quite yet. So Penn State is at number five. Georgia is number six. They're for for sure, to me, the best (coughs) one-loss team. Oklahoma is at seven. Now, Oklahoma's loss is unforgivable. That is definitely an unforgivable loss, but I think they're the seventh best team. Oregon, number eight. Their quarterback's looking good. Utah, they're at nine still. Had a... I forget who they lost to, but it was not a pretty loss. I believe they lost to, I want to say it was either Washington or Colorado. They beat beat Washington. I'm not sure who Utah lost to, but it was someone. Baylor at number 10 for me. I think they're probably better than Florida. They're an undefeated team as well. I haven't really played anybody, but I'll I'll give them that 10th spot. So my college football playoff picture as of right now is Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson. What do you got? I got almost a similar schedule here, and I listened to the college football playoffs, and I, and I listened to Joel Klatt, who's on um, Colin Coward, and I, he pointed up he pointed out a pretty good stat for me that I, I'm going to jump on here, right. and I'm, I'm going to jump on two things. But my top six are LSU, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Penn State. Um, so LSU's one, Ohio State's two, Alabama's three, Clemson to me is four, Penn State is five. And I got Oregon at six, okay? Um, when you look at Alabama, the committee took in the scheduling part of this that I think it was a matter that it should have been, and they did it with both Clemson and Alabama. Alabama's got the 127th ranked schedule yep. in the country. They got the worst schedule in the country, all right? It's just that bad. And Clemson... Besides Louisville being the only team above 500 they face, they said, okay, we're going to put you at five. Penn State and Ohio State still have to play each other. 
LSU and Alabama still have to play each other. Clemson will so get in. Clemson is pretty much guaranteed. They're guaranteed, but they put them on the outside to say, okay, listen, we're going to punish you for your schedule right now, but you guys will get in. You guys are an automatic bid into the college football playoffs. It's the done. Whoever wins the Penn State-Ohio State game and whoever wins the LSU and Alabama game will also be in. And I believe, I'm throwing this out there, I think Oregon is going to get into the college football playoffs. Whoa. Oregon's going to get in. Whoa. Georgia, to me, Georgia is going to be a two-loss team. Oregon, to me, is going to win out. They're going to win their conference. Penn State's going to be a two-loss team. There's no way you could put a conference champion over uh, under a two-loss team. To me, Ohio State's going to win the Big Big Ten. Baylor's going to win the Big 12. I'm going to have Oklahoma lose to Baylor. All right? LSU is going to win the SEC, so you got Ohio State. You got Oklahoma losing to Baylor. Yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes. So you're, if Baylor wins that game, they'll get in, though. There's no automatic bids, but Baylor's going to get a good conversation to get into if the playoffs. If they're undefeated and a conference champion, they will get in. So I got – that. that's the scenario in my head. But right now you're, for my lock four right now would be LSU, Ohio State, Oregon, Clemson. That would be my so lock. You're for. saying that Alabama is not gonna is not gonna be in the college football playoff. No. Okay. Here is how I see this playing out. Alabama will for sure get in the college playoff regardless. Even if they lose on Saturday, they will win their next game that they play LSU. Probably in the conference championship game. They will be in that game and they will win that game. They will get in. Alabama is gonna get in. LSU. Here's what I see. LSU either has two losses or one loss. If they are a one-loss team, maybe they still can get in. I think Ohio State will get in. I think Penn State will not. Clemson will get in. So I have three teams in. That last team to get in, I don't think Oregon. So I think if Oregon wins out and they win their conference championship game and, say, Oklahoma wins out, you would give the edge to Oregon still? You give the edge to Oregon over Oklahoma? Okay. Yes. I would give the edge over because I think Oklahoma's going to lose the Big 12. I think Baylor's the better team. I could see that happening, but I think we're likely to see a scenario where two SEC teams get in, actually. I do believe LSU. as well. I do. And LSU can win one of these games. All right. We're going to I think that's going to... that going to wrap it up, or do you want to talk about... I'm gonna do the rant real here, real quick. All right, all right. You do your rant. You do your rant. All right. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna do this real quick. We'll talk about college football being either eight or ten teams next week. We'll make it on the marquee schedule for next week. We're gonna do the rant here. All right, real quick. All right. Here's my rant. So I start. So I start the timer here. I'm gonna head out. I'm gonna head out to class. All right. Because I got class that starts in one minute. Jacob, thanks for being on the show. I'm going to get this rant out of the way. You got Again, Mar- that show. Martin, Martin. J- Martin and Jacob podcast. We're Good on job. Podbean. We're Good gonna to see you guys. Sorry, I had to make a fashionably <laughs> late exit, but I will see you guys next week. I love you, Jacob. Good. Good talking to you, Martin. Jacob, and we'll do this again. Take it away with that rant. I'm going to make this real quick. Well, 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 well. Look who's back in the news. Oh, great.
Sorry about that. I got it all mixed up here. Um, well, 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 look who's back in the news. My Chicago Blackhawks. My Chicago Blackhawks are back in the news yet again. Again, this is the Martin Jacob podcast. Jacob had to leave early. I'm leaving. He's leaving me with a rant. We're going to get the rant in here today. My Chicago Blackhawks, one year ago, two days ago, so it's been a year, fired Joel Quinville after a 6-6-3 six and six three start, after a sluggish 2-3-1 stretch on the road on the West Coast. It started early in the, in the season. They fired him. Then they went and hired Jeremy Colton, a coach that was coaching the Rockford Icehawks, which is an AHL team. That blew up in their faces, and he's still the head coach. Scotty Bowman is still our general manager. I've been on social media and seen it from time to time, and I've been all over Bleacher Report about this as well. People are blaming, <clears throat> are not blaming the right guy. People have blamed Joel Quinville for the losses, but are not blaming Scotty Bowman for the terrible trades that he made. He traded Nicholas Jalmerson for Connor Murphy. That blew up in our face. Nicholas Jalmerson is having a great season with Arizona right now. He traded Tim, Timu Teravainen to Carolina for Bowling. Now, Bolin was a great player, but that blew up in our faces as well. Brent Seabrook's horrible contract still sits on the books. My Chicago Blackhawks dynasty is over. It's over. I'm sad to say the three cups we won in six years, that won't happen again. And I don't see it happening either. Chicago Blackhawks are done. My favorite two players, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, who I grew up with watching, are going to go out the door after 2022 and 2023, and it's over. My Chicago Blackhawks are not going to be a top team anymore. They're not going to be the best team. They're not going to get anywhere near it. They're 4-7-1 on the season so far. They have stretches where they're playing horrible. They're playing like a bad hockey team. My team is gone, and I'm sad about it. Chicago Blackhawks, to me, were one of the best dynasties we've seen in the last 20 years. Now, yes, I know the Detroit Red Wings had their dynasty in the late 90s and early 2000s. I know a lot about all of that, okay? But it hurts to watch my Chicago Blackhawks lose like this. It hurts them because I believe they're a better team than actually shown on ice. Scotty Bowman needs to be fired. Jeremy Colton needs to be fired. We need to bring in a real general manager and a real head coach now. It is over. We have to look to the future. We need youth on the defense. Please find a way to trade Brent Seabrook. Please find a way to trade Duncan Keith. Please save Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane from losing their careers. It needs to happen now, Chicago. The Blackhawks need to move on. It is not a if, it is a when. And if it has to happen at the end of the season, let's do it. That is the rant. That is the Martin Jacob podcast here on Podbean. We're going to try to reach out to you guys a little bit more um, on other different social media pages. We're going to try Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. It's all in the works. All right. This is Martin. Jacob already signed out. This is Martin signing out as well. We'll catch you guys next week on Thursday when we do yet another episode of week 11 of the NFL. We're going to talk about that. The NBA schedule. We'll get into that. Another week of college football and their playoff rankings. We'll talk about that. And Jacob will take the rant next week. We're going to talk about all of that 
and much more on the rant next week. Thank you for tuning in.